is the Toddcast, a podcast that I, a guy named Todd, record while I drive to or from work, talking about a variety of things. There are no scripts, no show notes, just me chatting while I commute, so you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello, and welcome to the Toddcast. I have my delightful Cobro Eric on the line with us, and today we are joined by our executive producer, Abby Hersey of Abby Hersey Illustration and Design. And today we're going to talk a little bit about remote learning. So, Abby, how are you this morning? I'm doing very well, thank you. How about you guys? I'm doing well. well I can speak for myself, and I am also doing well. Good, good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Every, everybody's present and, and, and ready to roll. So, in a, in a previous episode, Eric and I were, were uh, going down memory lane with our, our thoughts about a, a previous podcast idea, you know, involving, you know, tips and tricks and, and helpful things. And one of the topics that uh, we, we wanted to do involved, uh, you know, remote learning, various training methods available online. Eric has done a bunch of them. I've done a few. Uh, and when Abby heard that we were, we were thinking about talking uh, about this, she said she wants in on that action. Because Abby's not only taken remote classes, but she's also an instructor with, I believe, at this point, hundreds and possibly thousands of students. So, Abby, what can you tell us about that? Well, um, I am an online educator, and my primary platform for doing this is Skillshare. I have just shy of 5,000 students and over 100,000 minutes of my content watched. That is fantastic. I'm okay with it. <laughs> so I can I can talk a little bit about teaching on the Skillshare platform or taking classes. Uh, I know it's it's pretty different from what I think Eric plans to talk about in that Skillshare is really geared toward creative people. It's largely art and design and photography related with a segment that is business and productivity. So basically, if you're someone like me who freelances or has a side hustle or something like that in a creative field, you can go to Skillshare and not only learn how to improve your craft, but how to make money doing it. Which seems like a fantastic resource because, you know, in addition to you, you being an instructor, you've, you've taken a bunch of classes on there that have kind of helped you to get to where you are now. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, I was a student on Skillshare initially for about year, year and a half, and was approached by a Skillshare team to teach some classes and became a teacher, but I still continue to take classes. One of the things that Skillshare does a little differently than some of the other platforms is that all of the classes are project-based. So instead of just saying like, let's learn the basics of Adobe Illustrator, it's let's make a poster for our favorite band or let's make a postcard from our hometown or okay. a map or what have you. So there's always a project you're following. You're learning the skills needed to complete that project. And then you share that project online and you can get feedback from your teacher and your classmates and really anybody on the platform can uh, give you feedback. Well, that's, that seems nice. Because uh, I, I mean, I, I, I think of the three of us, I probably have the, the most limited experience with, with online education like this. I've, I've taken, you know, some classes for work, like, you know, 
management tactics, <laughs> for lack of a better word, or things of that nature. And they tend to be sort of more luxury and, and just sort of an online PowerPoint, a little bit of interactivity sort of a thing going for it. Whereas what, what you're describing sa- sounds less like a lecture and more like a, you know, sort of a hands-on practical application, which to me seems like that's likely going to be more effective. Eric, what uh, what's your experiences with online learning look like? Well, I, I would say that it didn't start just with the video. It, it kind of transferred from basically we and we discussed this previously in, in several podcasts of trying to find a way to answer a problem and or extend <laughs> extend your ability. So I was looking to make a WordPress website or a website in general. And somebody was telling me, hey, here's a blog. And it was probably the first time I actually looked at like a real extensive blog of a step by step by step. But it involved some coding, which you could copy and paste, but then again, like you had to move some stuff around. And I got, I got to the point where I was okay just going step by step with these um, screenshots. And I said, boy, wouldn't it be a lot help, more helpful if I actually could watch somebody and see what they're doing and kind of, you know, somebody explain to me what they're doing. So I never really realized that there was a world out there of like, hey, people will make videos on YouTube. So I started on YouTube uh, and found people that, oh, this is how you do this on, you know, whether it be on Excel or whether it be about a website, whether you know, so forth. But I got frustrated with that because you really didn't know what you were getting. You know, there wasn't like a set course. There wasn't, we don't know what these people, you know, we don't know their expertise. So they might be telling us right. to do something completely wrong and it works, mm-hmm. but it's not the correct way. So that's when I found um, a couple online resources. Uh, one was called Team Treehouse, which is typically mostly coding, web design, in, in that realm, I believe there were some like graphic designs and maybe some like Photoshop and stuff, but it was all more rel- relative towards like, hey, you're going to need to know how to do this to make websites. Okay. Uh, so I used that for quite some time. We can talk maybe about that and the differences between all these platforms a little later. And then, but really, I kind of gravitated after a while towards what was lynda.com, which is now LinkedIn Learning. They were bought out, I believe. Uh, but lynda.com got the preference because it had an app. And I found myself watching, and this had a huge catalog of everything. I mean, they were taught you could learn from CAD to photography to uh, business to a little bit of everything. And that's where I pretty much gravitated, and that's what I've continuously used throughout the years, uh, which was Linda with a Y, L-Y-N-D-A.com, which is still out there. And that's the one I prefer to use as opposed to the LinkedIn Learning, which are the same courses, but slightly altered in a different format. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, I've I've done a little bit with Linda and the LinkedIn Learning thing. Um, there's also another one that I've used called uh, Udemy, which is very very similar in terms of the the format and how what what's offered. It's just you know another another venue by which to to get some some stuff. So Eric, I'm familiar with Linda, but not with the uh, Team Treehouse. And Todd, I've heard of Udemy, but I've not seen it. Are these all subscription-based models? Like, do you get a subscription and then have unlimited access, or do you purchase individual classes? I'm going to I'm going to pivot to Eric, where Linda and LinkedIn Learning is concerned, because I, for lack of a better word, have a cheat code in that my company has sponsored and given me access to to all the LinkedIn Learning slash Linda stuff. So therefore, I just don't know. I know Udemy is is not a subscription thing. It is a, you know, course by course, you, you pay for them individually. And there are a lot of courses on there that are free 
and there are a lot of courses that they regularly, you know, um, discount or you can find for, you know, pretty cheap. Like I've taken a couple of uh, courses about C sharp programming that, you know, it was for lack of a better word, were on sale and it was like, you know, somewhere between like two and $5 for like a full beginner C sharp programming course. Uh, Eric, how does how, how does that work for, for Linda and LinkedIn if you don't have, you know, some sort of corporate hookup like I do? They're all, um, I believe Team Treehouse and Linda are both the exact, were the exact same price the last time I've quoted them. And that was probably three or four years ago. I do know from a fact that Linda right now, you can basically buy a monthly subscription and there are two levels. The, the one level is essentially you have access to all the courses. And then the other one that has access and all the exercise files. So I've done both. Uh, so when you're making a project, they'll give you all these exercise files at the start and you can kind of follow along with their exact. Um, I would mm -hmm. say I'm more advanced when it comes to some of these, uh, you know, what, what I'm watching. So I typically just take their methods and create my own exercise files. Sure. So but but there were a couple courses where it's just like yeah i'm not recreating this i need a database and and so forth so from the last time i checked i know the one i'm on right now is 25 bucks a month and then if you buy it for the year i believe it takes it down to like 18 dollars a month or something and it's just built out yearly so that's what i've done because i build this into my you know i build regular training and or knowledge you know learning stuff on a weekly if not you know monthly basis so like this is a, a part of i'm going to do this no matter what so um but you can do it for you know monthly if you say hey i really need to learn everything there is to know about excel and i want to take these excel courses you probably could just buy 25 dollars and then let it expire but then again that sounds to me like maybe the udemy and maybe the skillshare which i'm not too familiar on how the pricing structures of skillshare so abby what how does that work skillshare is subscription based so you pay a monthly or yearly fee and you have unlimited access to all the classes and materials on the platform um i believe the last time i checked it's about 10 bucks a month or if you buy yearly it takes it down around eight dollars or so it's it's really great for students i don't know that i think it's great for teachers but uh that's a side topic well, I think, I mean, it sounds to me like if you're going to stagger these out. So, all right, Udemy sounds to me like if you just want one specific course or skill to buy it for a couple bucks, that sounds great. But I think if you're yeah. invested in learning more than one thing, then then you're going to kind of tail over to one of the other platforms. And truthfully, it sounds to me, if you're definitely in the coding realm, Team Treehouse is where I found if you, I, it sounds also, it sounds, if you need back and forth feedback, then Skillshare makes really good sense because Linda, there's no, I mean, you can follow the people on Twitter, but you're not necessarily submitting stuff, you know, for feedback, at least not that mm -hmm. I've ever found. So it's a matter of like, Hey, I'm watching this course. I'll do it on my own time. And you know, and then you're done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. Cause like one of the reasons that I went with Udemy is that my online learning has been sort of a la carte. Like, oh, I, I, I want to or need to learn this thing. And then I'm, you know, I've, I'll take that class and then I'm done. You know, whereas with, with, with you and Abby, you, you, you guys seem to be better suited or, or more geared towards sort of a, a regular cadence of sort of continuing education to where having a subscription makes sense. Because, you know, once you finish this course, you're going to move on to the next. 
So I think it, it, it probably depends on what it is you're looking to get out of it and what's available, I guess, as far as what that goes. Because, you know, like Abby said, you know, Skillshare seems to be a cheaper price point and you get the advantage of feedback, but seems to be geared more towards like creative type things in business aspects, but more geared towards that arena. Like me as a middle manager, I don't know that the content there is necessarily going to match up as well. Whereas for, you know, someone like you or Abby, that meshes perfectly with what you're after. And so that works out well. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, it sounds to me like we found four different options all for four, that kind of cater t- towards the individual. But maybe we'll take a break, and then when we come back, maybe we'll talk about how these courses or classes have impacted us and made our lives a little better. And we are <laughs> back. Uh, we were um, just listening to a wonderful advertisement, and I think it's it's time for us to talk about maybe you know the, maybe how how do we actually use these applications or these programs i know how i do it but i would like to spin abby what what platform or how do you build this into your routine i guess sure so as a designer and an illustrator it's really important to have an exceptional portfolio like that is the thing you show to people and that is what helps them decide to hire you Sometimes I'm very busy with real work that I can put in my portfolio, and that's great. It perpetuates itself. A lot of times I'm busy with work that I cannot put in my portfolio due to non-disclosure agreements with clients and things like that. So I make a practice of using Skillshare's project-based learning to help me create items I can put in my portfolio. Because if I just sit here and think, what should I make to put in my portfolio? I'll never make anything. That is just not how my brain works. So I try and watch classes on lunch breaks. Uh, the way Skillshare is set up, and I don't know how this differs from what you've used, Eric, but there's little video chunks and you can start and stop at your leisure. Most things on Skillshare, they encourage you to have the videos, each, each individual little lesson within the class should be no more than like, 10, 15 minutes. So lunch breaks work really well to watch the content for me myself. In terms of how I use it for teaching, I have not done taught a new class in a while. Uh, I've just been managing my existing classes. That's a little harder to work into the routine when everybody's home all the time. I love them, (laughs) but they're always Yeah, yeah. I mean, so have you seen an uptick since uh, the whole COVID situation where do you feel that there's more people doing online training or there your classes are in general? significantly more. May was the biggest month I've had in my time as a teacher, which has been, I think, about five years that I've been doing this. Um, I had 4,000 new views during the month of May. This is great because it means more people are accessing the content and, you know, there's definitely an upward trend in the online learning. This is where, when I was saying it's not great to be subscription-based for the teacher, uh, the more people who watch something, theoretically, the more you get paid. Unless you're spreading that out across the platform and there's a lot of people watching a lot of things. So even though I had my highest number of minutes taught in May... It was one of my lowest paying months I've ever had. Well, that's that's interesting <laughs> in a weird Isn't sense. It? Yeah. So yeah. so I guess so you get paid. So you, what qualifies you to be able to do this? Because I know you're well qualified to teach something like that. But how do you get, get in and become an instructor or a teacher for this? So 
Skillshare will theoretically let anyone teach. Oh, good. I have to. lots of classes to teach. Todd, Todd, you ready for this? Let's let's talk. Let's do a Star Wars course. Okay. <laughs> let me let me finish my thought. Anyone okay. can technically teach a class. There are community guidelines and standards, and your class is reviewed to okay. ensure that it meets those quality requirements. Um, All right, Todd, strike that idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're 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 out of the running already. But yeah, theoretically, anyone who wants to teach a class and can teach a class in one of the relevant subject matters can can do that. All right. So you're you're a professional. If I go on Skillshare, and if anybody theoretically can pass a class, I know that one of my struggles on YouTube was I'd find this topic, and then I I mean it wouldn't take me very long to say all right. This is a waste of my time. What kind of tips or tricks do you use to, number one, make your classes like right off the get-go, people know they're going to get value? Or what have you seen probably that would say, yeah, if you see this happen in a video, go to the next one? Or are there? It's hard to tell really until you take a class whether or not it's going to work well for you. I have not had a class that I've taken on Skillshare where I thought it was a complete and total waste of my time. There are things where the instructor may not be for me. Um, okay. And I think that's that's true in all aspects of life. Like you're going to have sure. teachers you don't click with. There are student reviews. Uh, any student who takes the class is encouraged at multiple points to leave reviews, and they're very thorough. Um, oh, good. There are they they use a lot of multiple choice criteria that students can click on. So even if you don't feel like writing a review, you can write, you can do a lazy review and say, here are things I liked about this class. Here are things I didn't like. You know, I think the class was for this level of person. Cause I can, as a teacher, I can say this class is for intermediate students. Yeah. Well, people might take it and go, Oh, this is for advanced students. I didn't, I, I'm intermediate and I didn't think that I could do this or they might think it's easier. And so that's all reflected in the review section, which I think those are really helpful in determining how good a class is. The other thing on Skillshare is that the more students who have taken a class, the more likely you are to see it when you search. Sure. Classes are ranked by newness and popularity. Like those two things matter. And so if you see a class that has five students, but it's been on there for a while, that's maybe a hint. There you go. That class doesn't have as high a quality as maybe a different class in the same subject. Yeah, that's that's super interesting to me. Like, um, it is it is it's cool because it's user based, and I don't know how the Linda or Team Treehouse or any of those get their um, advisors or t instructors. I, from what I'm led to believe is that. They might have re like recruited certain, you know, say, hey, you're an expert in this level. Would you be willing to create courses for our platform and, and so forth? Where this is a matter of like, you you found it originally as a student, right? Is that what you so were I saying? So I was a student. And then based on the fact that I was posting projects in the classes I was attending, people from the Skillshare staff reached out to me and said, we are seeing ah. what you're posting as projects. We think you'd make a really excellent teacher. And they were actually after me for a while before I finally said, <laughs> okay, I'll give this a try. Cause I was kind of intimidated by teaching online. Sure. You know, I didn't want, I was yeah. going to be my own videographer and I had to learn how to edit videos and find, you know, royalty free music to play in the background. 
but obviously I'm on here because I want to learn new things. So I was like, all right, I'll learn these new things. And I've loved doing this since I started. Yeah, that's so what do you do to to um, create it? Is it like um, like an overhead cam or do you have to like make graphics like how what could we expect if we were watching one of your courses? So if you're watching one of my courses, you will see graphics that I created. You will see a variety of camera angles when necessary. A lot of what I teach happens on the computer. And so I use kind of a screen capture mm -hmm. method for that. But uh, I try and show my face in every class because I think that helps people connect with you as a teacher. I have done all sorts of crazy things with my tripod and my phone and piles of books to get the camera where I need it to be when I'm drawing. Um, yeah. It really is a situation sometimes. As an observer, I've seen some of these setups and it, it, it is, they're marvels of creative engineering sometimes for her to get, get the angle because, you know, because she's drawing, you've got to have the camera just so otherwise her hand is, is blocking what she's drawing or, or whatever. And it's, it's, it's a testimony to her, her creativity, the way she's, she's gotten some of these things to work. And it's, it's, it is, it is awe inspiring. I, I can attest to that. Cause I just, that, I film everything on my iPhone and then I edit it using iMovie on my computer. Um, I did spring for a high quality microphone because I think if you're, if you sound like you're in a tunnel, that does not make for a good student experience. I think audio is probably every bit as important as the visual. Yeah, no, we, we know we know a thing or two about that. Yeah, if you if you you dip in the archives of the Toddcast, you can get ready examples of what poor audio is like. Yes. <laughs> so, the other yeah. thing, the other thing I would say for Skillshare in terms of points in their favor, they have some accessibility features that. Uh, provide closed captioning if you are deaf or hard of hearing you can still take the classes uh, as a teacher I'm not responsible for creating that they take care of that for me and add the captioning to my videos oh, that's um, which turned off or on and I think that's really great oh, yeah that's that that's fantastic I will tell you um, just because it's the right point in conversation with Linda uh, the feature that I love most and everybody that's listened to me probably can't listen at this speed because I talk too fast, but you can actually speed the courses up to two times speed on Linda. And that to me is awesome, <laughs> especially when you're looking at a, uh, a lecturing type, you know, cause I'll listen to a lot of like marketing or mm -hmm. uh, concept and theories. And this is why we do certain things. And they might use uh, PowerPoint almost to kind of do the, the actual presentation and to listen at two times speed, you can get through it a lot quicker cause I'm trained for that aspect. I will also say though, the, if it's brand new material to you, listening at two times speed, you're just gonna have to watch it again because you're not gonna be able to digest it and understand it right. if you're really right. trying to under, but it is a nice little feature that they have uh, along no, with the closed captioning. Nice. I can't speak for Team Treehouse, but I will tell you the, the biggest downfall I found with Team Treehouse and the reason I really looked was there was not a mobile application for like, um. an Apple TV. Uh, so for me, I found myself watching a lot, like where you were watching on lunch break, I found myself watching while I was like walking on a treadmill mm -hmm. um, or, or using it more like a podcast format where I would put a phone in my pocket and listen to it while I was doing other things. And in, granted, in your case, if people were trying to draw and everything like that, it might not work. Like I said, for lecturing and stuff like that, I was out there trying to find a uniformed like step from step you know a to z 
mm-hmm. you know, this is this this is the start of this topic all the way down to the the bottom. And there wasn't really any good resources, even in podcast form or on YouTube to do that. And that's where I kind of was like, this is what we need a actual course, like a book, so to speak. So, right. and I could utilize that for, um, Todd, for you, Demi, what, what, yes. like, how does the, the courses and the instructors and everything work there? Is it the paid staff? Is it um, base? Do you know? I don't know offhand. I mean, given the, the, the breadth of, you know, curriculum that's available and, and I'll be honest, the varying quality levels, I tend to think that it is, it's kind of, if you want to put a course up there, you can. Because I've I've seen varying levels of sort of expertise and execution there, and again I think I think there there were you know some looking at the user reviews is is helpful in that front to kind of see if this is you know sort of the real deal or just Jim Bob wants to do a course sort of a situation. Uh, so I'm I, yeah I'm, I, and and I'll, and I'll be honest it's been a while actually since I've been on Udemy I haven't it's it's probably been months since I've since I've taken any courses on there. And mostly when I've been on there, it's been for stuff less about my sort of personal education and growth, things that I want to learn and more, oh, well, I've got this thing at work I need to do. I need to brush up on this this topic and, and watching watching them more for that perspective, which is why I haven't done any of them lately, as opposed to it seems like for, for you and Abby, you guys are more of a, you know, I want to learn these things, whereas I'm more of a, well, I guess I need to learn a thing. And I think that puts a puts a slightly different perspective on it. And I guess mm-hmm. Eric, you brought up you brought up a good thing where oftentimes when you're taking these classes, it's you're not just taking a course. You're 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 trying to learn something. You're trying to get this information, but simultaneously in real life, you're walking on a treadmill or you know doing chores or whatever. My experience has largely been you know if I'm if I'm gonna you know take this course. I'm sitting at my computer to take this course, you know, sort of a, a dedicated time, sort of a, sort of a situation. Abby, where, do, where do you fall in on that? Do you, it, when, when you're doing, when you're taking, taking these classes, are, are you sort of at your computer zeroed in focused on those or, or are there points where you're sort of listening to these while you're, you know, drawing something else or, you know, sort of multitasking on that front? Typically I'm giving them my full focus. Uh, especially because, you know, my work is so visual. You really need to pay attention. There have been times where I'm going to admit to, I took a class because I told a customer I could do something and then had to figure out how to do it. (laughs) Okay. Um, I think that's the key to success. You just always find a way to say yes, and then you learn the thing. So there have been times where I'm listening in the background while working on actual customer work and applying those techniques and tricks to the job at hand but typically i'm fully focused when i take the classes okay because i know you demi and and linda and linkedin learning all have apps you can get on your phone so whether you're you've got your phone set up next to you giving it your full focus or you know i'm sitting outside the high school waiting for my kid to get out of you know choir practice i can sit and catch up on some of this does does skillshare have have an app or anything like that or yes. is it is it pretty much log into the website and do your thing skillshare does have an app for uh phones and tablets 
again, with things being visual, I try not to take too many classes on my phone. It's just such a small screen. Um, right. But you're right. Like, sometimes it's nice to have it available on the go if you're sitting at a doctor's appointment or waiting for a kid to come out of a thing. You can absolutely do a Skillshare class from your phone. Yeah, I've many, many of times um, sat in a car waiting for the kids or or anything like that and had honestly there's been many times where I would have it playing through my car's audio and using it as a as like you know as a podcast and it like you said it all really depends there's a couple different levels of criteria here I'm used to podcasts while I'm driving I can retain information from podcasts better than probably any other time because it's kind of routine like if I'm cleaning if I'm making a bed, if I'm doing anything that's just like mindless, mindless activities, I can retain that information better than probably if I was sitting in front of a screen being tempted by my email. So for me, if it is something that doesn't have to be visual, then I can do that. Now, if it is me coding and I'm having to learn really, really intently and saying, hey, I have to learn how to do this step by step, there's no way you can actually kind of do that while kind of out and about. You almost need a computer for my line of work right next to right. me so I can do right. it along. And or now for sometimes though, because I'm I'll have time. I was in the car a lot frequently. So I would watch the course once to get the concepts and then I would mm -hmm. watch it again to actually do the practical. And that was really helpful. And and I mean it's just repetition. And then now you actually before you even start getting in and start doing things, you understand where the end game is, which was helpful for right. me sometimes. I'm not saying everybody has time to do that, but I will tell you, I retain the information a lot better. And it's kind of like, all right, I'm going to watch it go all the way through and I can just listen. And when they're saying, hey, put this here, do this here, do this here, that's fine. I don't have to do it right then, but when next go around, you know, I retain it. So I utilize that a lot and that was super, super helpful. No, and I think that's I think that's probably a good trip, good tip to to sort of have the the first pass through as an overview, and then the second go through to to be able to dig into the details. And you can, you can kind of know what's coming, so you can get yourself into the a better mental frame to take on that information, because it's not, I mean, it's all still new and you're still learning, but you, you've got at least a, a bit of a preview of what's coming, so you know how to you know what to expect and how to how to move forward. And Abby, I got to think that, you know, this is something that we should just encourage everyone to do, uh, you know, as an instructor who gets gets paid by watched minutes. If everybody watches your classes <laughs> twice, you, you just win is, is how that works. Right. I think you should uh, watch that... it at least three or four times to fully absorb <laughs> the information. But no, I, I understand what Eric's saying because there have been classes where I've watched through all of the videos and then gone to do the practical steps and rewatched the videos that were applicable to that. I can agree that sometimes that's the best way to get new information, especially when it's significant amount of new information, when it's something you already know quite a bit about, like you maybe don't have to overdo it, but when it's, when it's a lot of new information, it can be really helpful to listen to it once and then come back to it and work through it. Uh, I think there's still a lot of meat on the bone here. So I think we're going to take a second commercial break and we come back. I think it'd be positive to talk about how maybe some of these things have changed our lives for the better. What do you say? I think that sounds great. All right. And we are back from the commercial break. This is a, this is a juicy episode guys. So I can speak for myself, but I'd like to hear kind of Abby, how's your career or in general, your overall life 
been enhanced from doing online training and online learning? I'll be honest, online learning completely changed all of those things for me. I have long wanted to be a designer and an illustrator since I was a child, truthfully. Um, And if you were to talk to my parents, they would have said that's where they pictured me ending up. But the past life took me on, had me working in a graphic-related field, but not exactly doing what I had hoped to do. And so while working for someone else, I would take these classes in my off time to learn the skills that I needed to have to do what I really wanted to do. And that's how I learned how to do a variety of different things. I think the most significant one being pattern design. So where you design a pattern that then is printed on something. Because through that, I started developing all kinds of patterns. I got an online presence that was selling fabric. I was able to get my first contract. And meanwhile, I was making money from teaching. And there's, I don't want to say that it's easy to be an online teacher, but with a platform like Skillshare, I record the classes, I put them up there, and then I'm only offering feedback as people ask for it. So it's really royalty-based income. There's not hard work that goes into it on a monthly basis. And so I was making a little money off of that. I was building my confidence and my portfolio. I was getting some actual work. And that's what set the stage for me to be able to switch from working from someone else to working for myself full-time, which is transformative, as I'm sure you can attest, Eric. Well, we have similar, but obviously different stories. In this case, I graduated from, really in high school, I learned how to make websites and do all the, you know, graphic design and and all that, you know, fancy stuff. Um, But, you know, in the real world, there's not that many jobs out there that are like, yeah, we'll pay you to do this. So you, I ended up in retail for years and I don't, I I never want to work a day in retail again in my life. And, 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 and that was based, but, you know, through that, I was like, well, you know, a couple um, lucky breaks on my way. I, I got the opportunity to um, work on some client websites while doing retail. People said, hey, you know how to make websites? Yes. So I brushed up a little bit there um, and then took a very, um, I guess, a liking toward, hey, I realize this is all different now. The What I learned years ago is a little different now. And then that's where I found myself looking at, you know, online and YouTube and so forth. And then I re- actually listened to I think it was a YouTube video where they actually advertised Treehouse and Linda. And that's where I jumped in. And luckily at that point in time, I was uh, promoted to a stay-at-home dad uh, with a nice opportunity. And, and instead of me saying, hey, I'm going to just play video games all day, I actually said, well, you know, it's time for me to actually work on some passion projects and get caught up. So I made some pretty, you know, pretty detailed websites and kind of learned from the ground up. Uh, from Linda and Team Treehouse to the point where I'm like, wow, like this was this was actually better than my associate degree in web design. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and then I was looking online. I'm like, I think this, you know, all this was the equivalent of me going to an actual school, you know, an actual college learning these courses, you know, because I'm talking, I did spend hours upon hours and I probably completed, sure. I probably completed, you know, 50 to 60 plus courses. And that's, you know, 40 videos per, you know, so I was like mm-hmm. hardcore every day, killing it. Um, 
and now I'm, you know, I don't have a bachelor's degree, but I will tell you right now that I feel like I have a bachelor's or a master's education because this has been nonstop for five years. Like there's not a week that goes by where I'm not learning or watching something, you know? Right. And I just build it in the routine. And of course, just like you, in a sense where I've actually been able to grow a web design and digital aid, you know, agency here uh, in my hometown and work from home and, have a portfolio to show for it and and essentially i i would give most of the credit to you know these online platforms you know but but i think this is the key you don't you don't get good just because you buy the online platform you actually have no. to commit and say hey this is this is what i'm trying to do you know you have to be disciplined enough not just to get it watch one course or whatever but to say if you really want to make things happen i have the ability out there now from my home and to me, it sounds like there has to be sacrifices because, yes, you could be doing something totally different during your lunch break, you know? Right. But, you know, and I could totally be watching something else while I'm walking on the treadmill or, you know, or listening to music or doing whatever while I'm doing chores around the house, you know? But this has to mm -hmm. be a – you'll have to sacrifice something for that time. Yeah, well – and. It yeah, and, and you know, you, you mentioned sort of the education level, and you know, I'm I'm not not looking to demean colleges or, or quote unquote official higher learning type of thing, but in kind of going the route that you guys did, where you're you're staying on top of this, you're 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 consuming and, and absorbing all this information, you know, you're you're doing it, you know, with a, with a commitment, putting in the time and the the, the energies for those things, and it's it's focused. It's, it's focused on the things that are, that are relevant to what you're doing. And I think there's something to be said for that because, you know, you, you get a bachelor's degree and yes, they, they cover all the relevant topics for, you know, your particular field of study and, and chosen profession, but you're also taking humanities classes and history of this foreign language and stuff. And all that is good. And I, again, I'm not besmirching those things. When I was, when I was in college, you know, I was, I was going for computer science and, you know, I had like two computer science courses and then I also was going off to, you know, astronomy so that I could fill that science requirement. Uh, I was taking, you know, Spanish and, you know, regularly it would go through my head. Well, OK, I'm going to be a computer programmer. I'm not really likely to be programming something in Spanish. It all it, it seemed to dilute it and sort of took me off course in terms of my sort of dedication and focus, whereas something like this where you're picking for yourself what it is that you want to study and you, you can ensure that it relates to what it is that you're doing i think there's an advantage to that and i think that you know again if you're you're looking to get a, a web designer and you've got somebody who has a bachelor's in you know web design versus somebody who's spent months on on end of, of studying these specific technical pieces that relate to the job at hand uh, you know i kind of think i know where my choice would be if i were picking someone to do that well, I think let me let me ask Abby. I mean, I could tell from my perspective that piece of paper is important. But when you get a client, like you said, they want your portfolio, right? Is that your? I mean, is that what you see? They don't necessarily. Care I have where you went never to had a client ask me about my educational background, ever. Yeah. They don't care. They care no. about my portfolio. They care about results, and right. that's all they need to see. Which isn't, again, I'm not besmirching college. And depending on your field, college may be incredibly necessary. You're not going to learn engineering from Skillshare. Please don't be yeah. in charge of architecting my house. 
if you watch yeah. a Skillshare class. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I, I don't want any of my doctors to have been self-trained <laughs> on, on Lynda.com. That, hold on, hold on. You're telling, you're telling me my new Skillshare class where I'm teaching you how to um, do heart surgery is not going to be a success? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think when push comes to shove, that is not what people care about. Yeah, and certainly especially, not at I mean, my age. Uh, not to bring age too far into it, but like neither Eric nor I is a teenager. People assume a level of experience when you're not a child, whether or not you've earned it. So as long as you can show, here's stuff I've done, and I'm a grown-up, that's what they care about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think that that matters. Now, I will tell you, some of the, the best geniuses of our uh, digital age have, the, you know, you can learn. Honestly, if you're a high school student and you really like this stuff, you could honestly come straight out of high school and be able to make websites and or do specific creative endeavors but you need a portfolio so you could start on that whenever you know exactly like, like right now i save a lot of my daughter's drawings i'm not saying i'm going to use it but if she wants to be an illustrator in the future you know the fact is when she starts creating stuff if it gets to the point where somebody would pay for it you know make it happen you know because there's not an age defined saying hey you have to be you know so old to be the you know create this awesome website because right to this day i've still made some I made some decent websites when I was 16, probably better so than some people that I've um, come across here in the uh, local areas with, made by 40-year-olds. So, um, but for the most part, you're right. When it, I think education is necessary for a lot of fields for, the, for what I'm talking about. And you know what? Once again, Abby and I are paying ourselves. We're not going out and you know we're not getting a job with somebody saying, what's your, we're not interviewing, so to speak, and saying, you know, handing somebody a resume and saying, we're gonna be part of this corporate job position. Uh, and, and so, and I think if it came down to it, we are creatives. We're not like high executives of that, you know, dealing with certain aspects. So not saying people don't go to college, but I'm saying if you wanna learn these skills, there are definitely available um, apps out there and or courses that. Yeah, I would say to that point, Eric, I think if you've listened to the show for a while, you know that I did a uh, stint at Bath and Body Works which is, you know, a nationally known retailer. And they hired me as a senior designer with no college degree. Yeah. They hired me solely off my portfolio. So you can, I think there are jobs you're going to be able to get even, again, Eric and I are working for ourselves and it's kind of a moot point. But I think this is very valuable. If college isn't your thing or it's not in the cards for you or if you're trying to figure out what you want to do, I mean, when I was 18, I pretty much knew what I wanted to do, but a lot of 18-year-olds don't. And this is a great way to be able to explore some different things for a very low cost and see if it's right for you, maybe. Oh, yeah. I'm going to even say one more thing because um, um, I will say uh, there was so many things that I didn't know that I didn't know until I started mm -hmm. diving into these classes that we know for, I know for a fact that I do not know how to cross stitch or, or what, whatever you were doing earlier, Abby, right? Like I know for right. a fact, I don't know how to do that, but there are many things that I find out through web design that I didn't even know existed. So watching some of these courses will open your eyes to like, Oh, there is an easier way to do this thing that I've done a million times. And a lot of times, and, and you don't even know to ask that question. So watching some of these courses will open up uh, even some of the people that's been doing it for a while. So I go back and I know HTML pretty well. 
It is an old, you know, I learned it when I was 16. It hasn't changed a tremendous amount. Um, but for the fact is I go back and I learned so much things just by refreshing up and learning, you know, what's, what's later or what some other professionals do and how they do it, uh, which made my skills even better. So just because even if you're listening and you're a designer or a coder or anything like that, these courses really help you go next level. Uh, because oh. you, like you said, you don't know what you don't know. Right? Oh yeah. No. Cause, uh, again, my, I guess my, my contributions to this conversation <laughs> are, are, are a little less in-depth and less along the creative side and probably more on the, the corporate end of things. But I'm, I'm pretty handy in Excel, for example, uh, you know, making spreadsheets. You know, I know some of the nifty formulas to make it, you know, do lookups and, and some cool stuff like that. Uh, you know, around, around, around the office, if somebody's trying to do something, you know, quote, fancy in Excel, I'm kind of their go-to guy. And I took took some classes on Excel just to see what, okay, I know a lot, but is there more stuff that I can do? Are there easier ways to do these sorts of things? And just from, you know, watching a, watching a few of those courses, to, like you said, Eric, it, it opens your eyes to, oh, crud, this thing that I've been doing that's second nature to me and everyone else thinks is amazing, there's an even better, quicker, easier way to do that mm-hmm. that you just don't know until you've, you know, had exposure to it. And, you know, I've worked those into my rotation and it makes me a heck of a lot more productive, uh, you know, and there's there's something to be said for that. Because Yeah, you don't know what you don't know. And this is a good avenue to, to sort of open your eyes to some of those things. Yeah. And I'm going to I'll leave you with a tip from from me and then we can you guys can probably give maybe some tips here. Um, I would say if you're going to dive into something in the creative aspect, at least what worked for me is find a passion or hobby and build your projects around that. Because that, to me, is what made me go the extra distance and find solutions to problems and or make it look picture perfect because it was something that I was passionate about. So, uh, you know, I made a fantasy football website that had lots of uh, features and tips and tricks and all this stuff that took me hours upon hours and I wanted to pull my hair out. But I said, this is passionate. I really want to know what my head-to-head you know, matchups are against the Justin Badline. And I had to figure that out. And it was, if it was anything else, I would have said, nah, let's just find an easier solution. Um, but I enjoyed the process because I was working on something that I was passionate about. So if I would make any recommendations, if you are learning, if you want to jump in, I say find a passion project and go with that, and that'll help you get through till the end. And that's my, that'll be my lasting tip for, for anybody that would be looking to jump out there into this world of online learning. No, and, I, and, and that, that makes sense. Uh, you know, taking, you know, some skills that you want to learn and pairing them with some other interest and using that interest as the project by which you are, you know, applying those new skills is, is a great idea. I know when I was, I was taking some classes on, on C sharp for programming, you know, you, you can watch those and it's sort of, you know, abstract and generic and, you know, their examples are going to be, Oh, we're going to build a program that, you know, calculates, you know, compound interest for these four, but like you don't have a buy-in, you don't have a vested interest in that. And so it's not going to take as well. Uh, there's tutorial on, you know, learn how to learn how to code in C sharp in the context of building a role-playing game. And we all know how much I'm, I'm into that. And it would, you know, teach you, okay, here's how to, here's how to apply these techniques and these, these, you know, coding strategies in the context of, you know, building a character and, you know, how to, how to write, you know, processing routines. And here's how you, you know, 
combat the monsters. And that, that really kind of hooked me in and I was able to put it in a little more personal perspective. I had a little more, a little more interest in what I was doing. And I think I took in the information a lot better that way. I would agree. And I think I can share my, my first project that I sold to a fabric manufacturer, I had actually designed as a gift for Eric's daughter for Christmas. I decided I was going to use my design skills and practice them out by making a pillowcase that doubled as a dollhouse. And I made it for her for Christmas. And that was my only end goal with that. But because I was passionate about it and connected to the project, I did some of my very best work and then was able to sell that commercially. So I wholeheartedly agree. Fantastic. So thank you both for your insights on this topic. Abby, you know, you are an instructor on, on Skillshare. If people want to want to find your, your courses, how, how would they go about doing so? I would direct people to visit www.abbyhersey.com. I have a classes tab on my website. You can see all of my classes along with a little description of them. And if you use my link to enroll in Skillshare, you get some free months. So check it out. Good deal. Any Anything else you'd like to plug as our executive producer, Abby, before we part ways? I think that's all I've got for now. All right. Eric, any, any final, final words from you? Good, sir. Hey, you know, I actually, uh, I think it was either last month or depending when this drops in two months, um, I actually wrote a little blog uh, about this topic. And it's a little bit more, it, it gives you some links to the, you know, LinkedIn learning, Linda, all these uh, courses, and just kind of in general, my thoughts a little deeper than what maybe we talked about today. But then again, it might be exactly the same thing. But if you want to head over to erichersey.com, not to be confused with abbyhersey.com. <laughs> um, and don't go to toddhersey.com because that guy from Seattle is an imposter. I tell you, he's not. <laughs> he's, well, I, in the show notes, I will include links to erichersey.com and abbyhersey.com. But yeah, we will exclude toddhersey.com because that is not. Now, nah, you know, and, and, give, give, him know. A, give him a buff. <laughs> Just give them a boost. Put ToddHersey.com in the comments and say, not me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, thanks. Th- thanks. Thanks, guys, for, for coming together and having, having this, uh, having this episode. Thank you again to the listeners. And until next time, I hope you all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas that you'd like me to chat about, you can let me know via Twitter at CastTodd or email via toddcastpodcast at gmail.com. Keep in mind that the Todd portions of those usernames are T-O-D with a single D, even though I spell my actual name with two. If you'd like to leave me a voice message that I can air on the podcast, you can either email me a small audio file, or you can use the link in the show notes to leave a message via Anchor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts is appreciated. Again, thank you for listening to the Toddcast. I just want to let you know that I could probably talk for another hour about online learning. (laughs) Like, there's so much. Yeah. I was surprised. I'm like, I'm like, oh, shoot, guys. Like, you are not going to, you know, there's so much. Uh, But I guess it's it's honestly for at least two of us on this call and maybe maybe todd you'll get in that in that bunch um very passionate about it i think that's where you know oh yeah very 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 passionate